the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Phan, are off today, so it's just mono E. Hold on a minute. We're going to have a guest on in just a second here. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. You're going to use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show, and that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is general trivia. Now, we do have a special guest, uh, real estate lawyer and mediator, Phil Diamond, who has been a a friend of the show for many years. He's been on it at least two times before. Uh, And in addition, Phil has been an arbitrator and practiced for over 45 years, a graduate of UC Berkeley's School of Law. And the best part, Phil is also a real estate broker and investor. I like that part. Phil, welcome to the Best of Investing. Thank you very much, Edward. It's uh, it's good to be back. I was uh, looking at your website the other day and realized we are about our 10-year anniversary since the last time we were together on the show. Are you serious? Could not believe it. No. Uh-uh. Wow. But that's true. Wow. Okay. So, well, we'll, have, well we, we can't wait every 10 years to have you on because I know things do change. Uh, quite a bit. They do. They do. Um, so, you know, in addition to being a real estate broker and investor, specifically uh, what we wanted to talk about today, and we'll talk about other things too, uh, but your your real specialty seems to be mediation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And yes. is it primarily in the real estate field? Uh, Edward, no, I, I mediate in all areas of civil disputes other than divorce. Uh, divorce is a specialty area that I, uh, I defer to others. But uh, other than that, no, I, I mediate uh, any uh, any civil dispute. Many of those involve real estate matters, uh, but they also involve uh, things like employment claims, uh, bodily injury claims, um, investor fraud claims. Um, okay. uh, pretty much anything that uh, could be resolved in the court of law is something that uh, I handle as a mediator. And uh, if you were to handle a divorce, you'd have to probably go in with a suit of armor because I, I know how contentious. I mean, not I've, I've never been divorced, but I understand those could be quite contentious. So uh. they they can. And actually, I do get uh, into similar situations. Uh, a number of the disputes that I handle involve trust and probate disputes uh. among family members. And uh-huh. as you can imagine, those uh, oftentimes are as emotionally charged uh, as a divorce, and sometimes even more so. 
Yeah. In fact, we're going to be doing a loan for, well, one, for one of the siblings who wants to live in the house that she grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other two siblings, the brothers are saying, uh, Hey, we want our part of the estate. Uh, mm-hmm. So cash us out. And there mm-hmm. aren't too many banks that'll do that. So uh, we're going to be able to provide them a loan. So at least, you know, from your standpoint, getting into the mediation of the arguing between them, at least we can kind of come to a solution uh, to, yeah. to make everybody happy on that. And I got to tell the audience, you know, I've, gosh, I've known you now for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to say, you know, I, I met a, a, a number of mediators, but I really appreciate your demeanor. Uh, because, you. yeah, because, well, it's true. It's you're, you're a problem solver. Uh, you don't jump on one side or the other. You know, you try to have a very even keeled approach. And uh, I, I, that's definitely what I would want uh, in, in, in looking for someone who does mediation. So let's, uh, before we get to our first break, I do want to mm-hmm. get into just really quickly, what is mediation? Sure. Think of it as a structured negotiation where the parties uh, jointly uh, hire a third person, uh, the mediator, as a neutral facilitator to help them to resolve whatever the dispute uh, happens to be. Um, Again, it is a structured negotiation in which the mediator helps the parties to craft a resolution of their own with the mediator's help. And upon conclusion of the mediation, uh, it results then in a settlement agreement uh, or a term sheet, uh, some document that uh, sets all uh, sets forth all of the terms that have been agreed to and is signed by the parties. If the matter is in litigation, uh, that then becomes a binding and enforceable agreement that the court can enforce. Uh, if the matter is not yet in litigation, and I mediate a number of disputes that are not yet in litigation, uh, then the court has not uh, yet entered into the process, so the court uh, isn't in a position to enforce it. But that settlement agreement then becomes a contract that is enforceable by either party. Gotcha. So if I understand correctly, uh, if it's not been litigated yet uh, and you're just doing the mediation, mm-hmm. even if both sides agree, in theory, one could break that contract and in that case, uh, the other party would most likely sue in court to enforce yep. that contract, which I would think would be pretty strong uh, <laughs> because you've, yeah. it's not just some old contract done by a couple of people. I mean, your mediation, I mean, you're really kind of cutting down to the to the uh, 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 the real meat and potatoes. How often does that happen where someone has a change of heart? After yeah, yeah, that's very it's very rare, uh, Edward. Uh, uh, usually when it happens, and I, I've seen it happen uh, maybe only a few times over the, what, 17, 18 years that I've been uh, doing this, um, usually it involves one or two specific terms among a number of terms that have been agreed to. Okay. And usually those terms then can be resolved simply by further mediation efforts to get it across the finish line. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, we're going to cut to our first commercial uh, break here. Uh, General trivia is our theme. And again, uh, Phil, uh, if you remember from years ago, uh, if you know the answer, don't say anything yet. We'll have to answer when we come back from break. We don't want to spoil it for the audience. So here's our first trivia question. What is the name of the avenue that lies between 12th and 14th Avenue in San Francisco? 
All right. <laughs> First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Be the first caller with the correct answer. You're going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, uh, and my co-hosts are out today, but our special guest, uh, Phil Diamond, uh, who is a mediator, um, is going to join us in just a second. We're going to first answer the trivia question. Uh, Let's see if Phil knows the answer answer to this one. Uh, What is the name of the avenue that lies between 12th and 14th Avenue in San Francisco? I'm probably totally wrong. I'm going to say Anza. Uh, no, it's Funston. Funston, there Funston, you go. Funston, yeah. I mean, obviously, people would think 13th <laughs> Avenue, and they go, nah, 13th is a bad, bad, number, yeah. bad luck number. Um, so we want to make a quick mention here for if you're looking for a romantic getaway near Yosemite, the McCaffrey House Bed and Breakfast is just the place. It's an enchanting mountain lodge nestled in the quiet forest hollow of the High Sierra in Twain Heart. Included in your stay is a full hot breakfast as well as the happy hour each evening where wine is served. To make a reservation, go to McCaffreyHouse.com, and that's spelled M-C-C-A-F-F-R-E-Y House.com. All right, uh, we are in, uh, I say in the studio, it's a, it's a Zoom studio, mm-hmm. uh, with Phil Diamond, who is a, uh, an attorney, and uh, we're talking about mediation. And so how does mediation differ from arbitration? Sure, and that's a, a question that many people ask. Uh, those who have not been through the process before often uh, mix up those terms. They're, they're, very, they're very different. Uh, I've described mediation already, uh, a voluntary process where the outcome is controlled by the parties with the mediator's help. Uh, contrast that with an arbitration where the arbitrator is actually given the power to order the parties to do something and to enter what's called an award, which is essentially the same as a judgment uh, that would be entered by a judge if the matter uh, were in a court. An arbitrator is empowered to take evidence, uh, testimony under oath, uh, documentary evidence, uh, and to basically weigh that evidence the same way as a judge would in a a judge uh, trial without a jury, and then to actually uh, enter an outcome. And and that sounds like binding arbitration. Isn't there non-binding arbitration also? Well, there is. Uh, That's a process that was used by the uh, courts in San Francisco for many years. I used to do it many years ago. Uh, That uh, I'm actually not sure that they even do it anymore, but it resulted in uh, a finding by the arbitrator that one side or the other could reject. And if they did reject it, then there were certain sanctions that would uh, flow from that if they didn't do better uh, in the litigation and the trial that followed. I mean, the thing I, binding the thing, arbitration. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the thing I like about the binding arbitration, because A, I, I got to figure, assume that one gets a qualified arbitrator. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just some box boy at Safeway, no offense to the box boys at Safeway, sure. uh, to, you know, who has knowledge in a certain area, uh, like let's say construction defects or something sure. like that. And, um, uh, you know, the, the courts get so clogged. This is a great way to unclog the courts. Mm-hmm. And if I understand it correctly, it should be a lot less expensive for the litigants uh, mm-hmm. to use binding arbitration. But effectively, 
it's and, and things can be a lot more uh, free free flowing, can't they? Rather than you know strict rules of you know it being in a courtroom with. Uh, well, go ahead and explain. Yeah, so so let's look at that in a couple of different ways. Um, me, uh, mediation um, and ad- the an advantage of mediation, the one that I mentioned earlier, is that the parties control the outcome. In the arbitration, the parties don't control the outcome. Okay. The arbitrator does. Uh, and in terms of it being more free-flowing than in court, uh, that is right in the sense that an arbitrator is not bound to follow the same formal rules of evidence okay. as though you were actually in the courtroom. Uh, but that said, in an arbitration, uh, the parties usually are entitled to the same types of discovery, the, the okay. pre-hearing discovery, as you would in an actual court proceeding. And depending upon the size and the complexity of the case, uh, that discovery can take quite a long time and uh, can be almost as expensive as it would be if you were actually in a litigation. Uh, Now, what's interesting is that in the mediation uh, process, uh, where the parties have control, uh, there has been a what I'll refer to as a hybrid that has developed. Uh, and actually, this is since the last time you and I uh, spoke on the subject. And that's what's known as binding mediation. So what does that mean? That means that the parties have uh, hired a mediator to help them facilitate a resolution. But they've agreed that if they are unable to reach an agreement, even with the mediator's uh, help, uh, the parties turn the matter over to the mediator to make a decision. So in that case, he kind of becomes an arbitrator. uh, Yes, except that the mediator isn't taking sworn evidence from the parties. It's, it's a more informal process. The mediator is not uh, hearing evidence. He's hearing arguments. He's hearing the things that the parties present, but in a much less formal way. I like that because effectively it's like, look, guys, let's all sort of play nice in the sandbox with mm-hmm. trying to mediate this thing. But mm-hmm. if we can't really come to an agreement, we're going to just let it be up to the mediator, which is kind of like going to a judge anyway, where you think you have a case and the other side has a case and you let it be the judge's decision exactly and and what uh, and the development since the the last time you were you and i were together is that the courts have held that the decision by the mediator uh under those circumstances then is enforceable by the court Mm -hmm. just as a settlement agreement would be enforceable because essentially that's part of what the parties have agreed to by way of settlement the settlement is they put it over to the mediator and and the, the parties they have to agree to to this binding mediation. Exactly, and they've got to do the, they've got to do that in writing as well. Okay, and then uh, how do they uh, how do they pick the mediator? Because each one you know might have a a friend, or <laughs> you know they both have to agree. To, I, I assume yeah. they have to both have to agree on the mediator. Yeah, great question, uh, Edward. Uh, the starting point is they do have to agree on who the mediator is going uh, going to be. Yeah. Uh, but there are some situations where, for whatever reason, they can't agree. Uh, as, sure. as you mentioned a moment ago, sometimes they'll have their own uh, 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 colleagues or people they've had experience with that they'd like to use. So under the right circumstances, the court actually can decide for the parties who the mediator is going to be. 
Sort of like and, when you go for a loan and the bank chooses the appraiser for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes what will happen is that uh, the parties will submit a, a, a list of two or three or four mediators uh, that they want. Uh, and uh, the court then looks at all of them and through a process where they, str- they have the ability to strike one or two, ultimately the court weighs in on it. All right. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk about, uh, I mean, you've got a bunch of great questions for me to ask you here, but I also sure. want to talk about the costs involved, sure. mediation, arbitration, and going to court. Because sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure people, most people know, uh, the, yeah, but I'd like to see the contrasting uh, numbers because that really can make quite a difference. All right. Here's our uh, second trivia question. General trivia is the theme. What title role was filled by Lon Chaney in 1923 Charles Lawton in 1939 and Anthony Hopkins in 1982. The same, basically what title role, the same, uh, the same movie title role there. All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer. You can win that tanning certificate, which is worth over a hundred dollars and don't touch that dial. We are going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Phil Diamond, Esquire, attorney who is specializing in a mediation. Uh, that's that's specifically what we're talking about today. Uh, but we, before we get back to uh, Phil, we do want to ask the uh, question here. What title role was filled by Lon Chaney in 1923, Charles Lawton in 1939, and Anthony Hopkins in 1982? And Phil? Well, I'm, I'm on a roll here. I'm yeah. 0 for 1. Let's see if I can make it over for 2. I'm going to say uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ding, ding, ding! That is correct. Now, oh, I know, I, I, know you, I know you weren't old enough to see the the original Lon Chaney or Charles Lawton. In fact, that's the only one I know Charles Lawton was ever in. Was yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, um, so before we cut the break, I did uh, mention uh, on air that I did want to ask you ahead of time, or ha- ask you in this next segment, mm-hmm. what are the various costs to having uh, a mediator? an arbitrator, mm-hmm. and if you have to go to court. Sure. So you put those in the order of their general expense. Um, I can't give you specific dollars, but I can give you a general uh, order yeah. of, of which is the most and which is the least uh, expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, without question, the litigation process is the most expensive, uh, as you might imagine. Sure. Uh, it's the longest. Uh, it can take a year or two to get uh, from the beginning uh, to the end, and even longer than that if the matter goes up uh, on appeal. Yeah. Uh, it involves uh, uh, lots of uh, what's called pretrial discovery, uh, written uh, interrogatories, uh, requests for admission, requests for production of documents, uh, depositions under oath. Uh, all the things that uh, take up the time before the case ever actually gets to the uh, the trial. Mm. Uh, then you've got the trial itself, and then sometimes you've got uh, an appeal, and sometimes that results in the decision being reversed on appeal, only to have to come back and be tried all over again. Yep. So without question, litigation uh, can be extremely expensive, and of the three, it is the most. 
Mm -hmm. uh, arbitration would be the next uh, most expensive, uh, usually because it can be done faster than a formal litigation, usually. Uh, the parties uh, have a bit more control over the uh, timing and the scheduling uh, by working with an arbitrator directly than they would if they were working with a court. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, discovery can still be involved uh, that can uh, build up the expenses there. Uh, the arbitrator uh, doesn't work for free. The arbitrator uh, is paid by the uh, parties uh, uh, as well. And by the way, I am an arbitrator uh, as well as a mediator. Uh, so uh, these are issues that are, 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 are uh, near and dear to, uh, to my heart. Um, and again, the arbitrator is taking formal uh, testimony and evidence under oath, just as if uh, he or she were acting as a, a judge. Uh, mediation is the third uh, most expensive. It's the, the best, to put it another way, it is the cheapest and quickest way of, re of, of resolving disputes. And that's one of its major advantages. Um, and uh, again, the parties pay for the mediator's uh, fees. Usually they split them evenly. Um, another major advantage of the mediation process, and I'm getting a little bit away from the question oh, you asked, right. but that's right. while I'm on the subject, yeah. uh, is it is a collaborative process in that the parties work together with the mediator to figure out a result that works for them yeah. and in many ways can be more creative than the court could ever uh, give the parties if it went to a court. Uh, how do we do that? We do that by getting to the positions uh, and the interests of the parties. And yeah. what I mean by that, the position of the party is, what is it, what do you want? The yeah, interest yeah, is, is why do you want it? Yeah, I can imagine something like, uh, you know, suing for specific performance. You know, someone says, um, oh, I want this house and, and you know, sure. and I want X amount of dollars and, you know, this delay costs me X and Y and that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly, uh, Edward. And one of the examples that I sometimes give is of the uh, little brother and the little sister fighting over an orange and each one wants it. So uh, the mom is watching this go on and says, no, no, stop fighting here. Give the orange to me and I'll, I'll decide it for you. And what do you suppose the mom did? Cut it in half. Of course, exactly. That's what most people will say. Every once in a while, somebody says the mom ate it. And that's what we call in, in mediation circles. That's what we call a lose lose. But no, the mom cut it in half is what uh, most people say. But if the mom had known the little girl wanted the orange to have the skin in order to make a orange zest, an orange zest for an orange cake, a little boy wanted the inside to make orange juice what would have happened? Obviously, the little girl would have gotten the outside, the little boy the inside. That's what we call a win-win. That's, that's, that's a good That's a good example. And like, you know, got, it's a silly little story, but it, no, makes, but the it point. makes the point. Yeah. So that's I had the purpose I, of mediation. I'm not sure if I had, uh, probably since it's been 10 years, I haven't told you this story. So uh, I had a situation where it, I had to foreclose on a piece of property out of state. And uh, the thing that was very interesting was there was a very, very expensive piece of equipment in mm -hmm. the house. And the borrower uh, who defaulted wanted to claim that it was personal property and take it with him. So it was not part of the foreclosure. And my mm -hmm. position was, no, it's affixed to the house. Sure. It's, 
its uh, real property because it was very, very valuable. And there was a potential buyer of that piece of equipment. And, and so what I did was I, uh, I got a call from I actually a letter from his attorney saying, you know, Hey, we're going to pick it up, blah, blah, blah. And I called the attorney and said, Hey, let me, let me, let me talk to the borrower. If you, if you don't mind me. Hey, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. If you can work something out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I called him up and I said, Mr. Jones, let me, let, let's, let's see what we can agree on. We can agree on that if we don't sell this piece of equipment to this buyer, mm-hmm. nobody's going to make any money. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is out of state for both of us. I said, what's going to end up happening is you're going to hire an expert out mm-hmm. of state, you know, who's going to say that it's personal property. And I'll even give you the, the I'll give you the ammunition for that. You know, the reasoning. Mm-hmm. But I said, you can also see my part about how it's real property. And mm-hmm. I said, what's going to end up happening? We're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And in the end, a judge may just kind of go, you know what? They both have an excellent point. Why don't they just split it? Mm -hmm. So I said, that's what we're going to do. And I, I mean, I told, I seriously said, I said, you've got 10 seconds to decide. <laughs> they'll just, how about we just split this? And about five seconds later, he said, okay. And Brilliant. there was the end of it, you know? Brilliant. So, so what you did was you self mediated. Exactly. Yeah. And I realized it was going to be, you know, it was going to cost me the, you know, the potential of, sure. you know, all of, but I realized, I said, you know what, this, this one's kind of an easy one. Hey, well, and, the, and the point that you make there, Edward, in, in all seriousness is that part of the mediator's role is to make sure that both sides have all of the information they need, or at least as much of it that they need exactly. to make an informed business decision yeah. as to what can be accomplished now through resolution, as opposed to the uncertainty and the time, effort, and expense of going forward to have somebody else resolve it. Exactly. All right. Here's our third trivia question. Billy Joel's Uptown Girl music video featured which supermodel? You got to go back to the 80s for this one. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with our special guest, Phil Diamond. Uh, So, Phil, you think you know the answer to this question. Uh, Billy Joel's Uptown Girl music video featured which supermodel? Got to be Christy Brinkley. It is Christy Brinkley. I tell you, you were two for three. <laughs> two for that's three, bad, not bad, right? That's a batting average of 667. That'll get hey. you the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Um, so l- let me ask you, uh, how has mediation process been affected by the pandemic? Sure. Um, well, uh, the most obvious way is that uh, pre-COVID, uh, we used to mediate in person. Uh, we'd be together in a conference room for uh, what's called a joint session uh, with all the parties there. Uh, and 
Uh, we don't always have a joint session, but oftentimes we do. And uh, at a minimum, we'd have separate breakout rooms where there would be separate uh, uh, spaces, private spaces for me to hold separate uh, what's called caucuses with each side separately. But we would be physically together. Well, last March, that all came to a screeching wow. halt. And uh, there was uh, there was quite a time that went by uh, before uh, mediations were even being held at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, lawyers and uh, and uh, people who were looking at uh, possible mediations, whether they were represented or not, uh, were basically standing uh, by the sidelines waiting to see how long the shutdown was going to last. Yeah. And when it became evident that this was going to go on for a while, and it also became evident that we had this thing that nobody, at least uh, I hadn't, and perhaps uh, I didn't you hadn't uh, either, that no one had ever heard of called Zoom yeah. uh, was, was out there. Little by little, uh, mediators started to pick up the Zoom ball. And as we did that, and as lawyers and parties became more comfortable with that process, we're mediating by Zoom now. I mean, We're doing it remotely. I mean, it's effectively the same because you can even do the breakout sessions if you want so that you can have your own private conversation with uh, one party and the other party is just sitting there waiting for you to come back. Exactly. Um, and a major advantage to Zoom is that it doesn't matter where the parties or the lawyers are located. They yep. could be literally anywhere in the world. Yep. Uh, I mediated a, uh, a, a trust and probate dispute about a week or two ago. One of the parties was in Vietnam. And uh, it was a long uh, mediation. We got it resolved at the end of the day and uh, into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, but uh, again, one of the advantages is it didn't matter where their parties were located. And another advantage that I've found is that because people are by and large zooming from their own homes, uh, their home offices or somewhere within their own home, yeah. they are far more relaxed and yeah. far more comfortable and yeah. therefore far more uh, better suited to actually hear and become engaged in what's going on as yeah. opposed to being fearful of the setting as if they were in somebody else's office that they weren't familiar or, with. Or, or a courtroom, you know, it's very intimidating yeah. being, in, being in a courtroom. Yeah. Um, so what, what types of, uh, well, actually, let me ask you this. Uh, sure. How long does mediation usually take in, in your experience? Yeah, it really varies, uh, Edward. Um, the, the, the shortest, and again, it depends upon the type of dispute, of the complexity of the issues, the number of parties that are involved that all have mm -hmm. to agree to a resolution. Uh, I would say generally the shortest is perhaps a half a day uh, with yeah. some uh, preparatory work before that. An average, maybe a full eight-hour day. Uh, this last one that I did uh, went 15 hours. We started at nine in the morning, finished about midnight. Wow. Uh, the longest one I've ever done uh, started at nine in the morning and finished at six the following morning. <laughs> Literally, you must have taken some breaks. I got well, we, we did off and on, but and that was uh, back in the day when we were doing these in person. Uh, yeah. And there were several reasons why that happened. But now, now that okay, so, and if I'm the uh, either the plaintiff or defendant, and mm -hmm. I am hiring you, yes, I have to hire you not only for that time. 
but isn't there some preparatory time? Because you got to sure. understand the case. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm a firm believer that you have to hit the ground running uh, on the day that you're getting together, whether it's remotely yeah. or in person. And the only way to do that is through a lot of preparatory work, exactly. talking with the lawyers, talking with the parties, getting information, making sure that they have exchanged all the information they need to exchange for both sides to know where the other side is coming from, making sure that you have all of the proper people there on the day of the event, the right decision makers uh, that can sometimes involve insurance carriers as well as the parties themselves. So there's a lot of work that goes on ahead of time. And I got to think there's going to be so much more confidence in the mediator when you realize, you know, this guy's really done his homework. He knows just about as much as I do about uh, the case. Absolutely. And uh, uh, it is totally uh, helpful to the process where the parties have uh, developed some element of trust in the mediator for the reason you just mentioned, uh, as well as uh, a trust in the sense of understanding that the mediator is there uh, completely neutral no stake in the outcome uh, because at some point in the process, I I almost always in private session share my thoughts and observations with the decision makers as to risks. I would ask them to at least consider when making settlement decisions. Well, that's the thing is like, listen, listen, Mr. Jones, uh, if you, uh, you know, you hear, we're trying to mediate this thing. And if we don't come to an agreement, this is how I see it as the mediator going to the next step, be it arbitration or whatever. And here's your risks. You may lose exactly. on this, 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 this. So, uh, you exactly. know, what do they say? A good, I mean, I'm just kind of throwing this out here tongue in cheek, but they say, you know, yeah. good, a good settlement is when both sides walk away unhappy, but that's yeah. not, that's not really, see, I don't, I, I don't buy into that. Uh, I, don't, I don't either. My, my, my goal is for everyone to walk away Happy. Happy. And when that doesn't always happen, but when it does, uh, that's when I've had uh, a really good, satisfying day. How, how long have you, now you told me how long it's taken for the mediation part. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what has been like your longest and shortest period pre-mediation for you to do your assessment? Uh, good question. I would say the shortest, and I'll do this in a number of, of hours rather than days, uh, I usually assume around four or five hours of prep time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's enough. Uh, sometimes it isn't. Um, the do, you long- like a, do you get like a narrative from each attorney as sort of a summer? Some yes. We call them mediation briefs. Okay. And I always ask for mediation briefs to be provided to me and exchanged uh, with the other side uh, a week yeah. ahead of time for that very that's purpose. Very smart. Mm. Yeah. Before we uh, let you go, also, we need to know uh, if our listeners wanted to contact you, uh, because I, I know a bunch of mediators, and I got to say that if I were in a situation of being either the plaintiff or the defendant, um, I, I, I personally think that you're the most balanced one I've, I've met. Thank you. So uh, you, you have my endorsement from that end of it. Thank you. Greatly um, appreciate it. I was going to say, thank goodness I've never needed your services. Yeah. But <laughs> that being said, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they uh, sure. unfortunately need your services? <laughs> sure, you bet. Uh, my phone number is 415-492-4500. Okay. My email is phil at diamond dispute resolution dot com 
and my website is diamonddisputeresolution.com. And Edward, do I have time for just 30 seconds more on uh, one of the things that you asked me earlier? You know what? We have to uh, cut to one last break. There's no trivia question, but uh, when we come back, you get to start off. All right? Perfect. Thank you. Stay with us, audience. We're going to come back with some closing comments on the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Phil Diamond, Esquire, uh, mediator and arbitrator. Uh, he's also an attorney. So we didn't have a trivia question, but Phil, um, you, I had to unfortunately cut you off before this last break. What did you want to share with us? You asked me before about what uh, has changed since uh, COVID, uh, Edward. Yeah. And one of the other things I wanted to mention to you is that uh, COVID has obviously resulted in a number of commercial tenants struggling with their leases because uh-huh. of the shutdowns of their businesses, yeah. whether they're temporary or permanent. Yeah. And so one area that is perfect for mediation is the resolution of commercial lease disputes. And the reason I mention that is that if a commercial uh, property owner, a landlord, and the commercial tenant can actually get to what it is that uh, is below what they need and why they need it, oftentimes those disputes can be resolved uh, as well. And, And one example I give is let's say you've got a commercial tenant that is struggling because of uh, COVID uh, and the landlord who obviously wants to collect the rent, but the commercial tenant, uh, has two years left on the lease. Um, and, but he'd like to retire. Uh, the commercial landlord on the other hand knows that he can develop the property into a higher and better use. And so his interest is in trying to get the tenant out of there. So what's the obvious solution? If they both know what it is they need, not just what they're asking for, it's an early lease buyout and everybody wins. Yeah, and I've I've actually heard recently of a situation where there was uh, a, a fairly large tenant, and who had lots and lots of employees, and the problem was that the uh, building was locked completely. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. only just for the public, but these employees could not access their own space, mm-hmm. and they needed to for various reasons. Uh, it wasn't you know, not not all the stuff could be done by Zoom, sure. And uh, and effectively, the the land, the uh, tenant basically said, "Hey, you can't charge us rent if you're not even going to let us access our own building." Sure. And that you know, I could see that definitely being a situation where you know the the landlord is saying, "Gee, I got to." health-wise protect everyone from COVID, but I also want to collect my rent, but I can't preclude my tenant from accessing the building. Right. You know, and so yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how it resolved itself, but <laughs> I could see that being a potential uh, issue, let's call it. <laughs> Absolutely. And there are a lot of legal issues involved in that. As a real estate lawyer, I also get involved in those disputes on behalf of either the landlord or the tenant. But as I'm saying, they are uh, perfect for resolution by mediation. In fact, sometimes I could even see you acting as your own mediator. That's probably not allowed, though. I got to say. It's funny you say that. <laughs> right now, I'm in the middle of a negotiation where I'm representing. 
representing one of the parties, but I'm doing it by presenting mediation principles to the other side. And basically, just as you did in your example, presenting them with both their argument and ours, doing a risk analysis on both sides and then presenting our position. So we'll see where that goes. Very, very smart. And and, and, uh, the one thing you got to hope for is that you have a reasonable opposing yes. not only counsel, but uh, th- that client, because yes. sometimes you can't fix crazy. Exactly. Uh, and I'm sure you run into situations <laughs> like that where it's like, you can't, you're not seeing the forest for the trees as oh, they yeah. say, right? Oh, yeah. happens. Well, again, Phil Diamond, uh, Esquire. I like that. I like that. Esquire. Um, <laughs> uh, not only mediation, but uh, arbiter and real estate broker, which really helps because the fact that you know real estate and I got to think that a lot of mediation uh, and arbitration issues revolve around real estate. They it's do. good to have that uh, experience. So again, thank, uh, thank you for uh, joining us and uh, we're going to give our thoughts for the day here. All right. Uh, and there's sort of thoughts and then a little bit of puns too. So the thoughts part, part of it is success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful, said Albert Schweitzer. Very nice. Like and uh, here's a, now, now we're going to get into the kind of the puns here. Uh, why don't they play poker in the jungle? Too, too many cheetahs. <laughs> you like that one okay shot, too, yeah. too many cheetahs all right tune in next week to the best of investing we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions thanks for listening on behalf of our team i'm edward brown wishing you the best of investing so long you've been listening to the best of investing with edward brown For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.